Brock Purdy has just passed Jalen Hurts as the MVP favorite in the NFL for this year. This is a guy who a year and a half ago barely made it into the NFL. Now he's above Patrick Mahomes. He's above Jalen Hurts. The 49ers just absolutely boat raced the Eagles. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, the Eagles hiring a head of security to take out 49ers players. We're going to talk about the NFC one seed. It's up for grabs at this point. This is all the things we're talking about on the pod today. Plus, we're telling you how you can win gift cards. We're going to give you gift cards for interacting with us. Let's go. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. It's the Triple Cross Podcast. I'm John at John J3X on all the socials. I'm here with Casey, not the Niners fan man at Niners fan man on YouTube. We are gonna. This is the here's what we do on this podcast we give some things away, we give people stuff for commenting. All you got to do is comment. And if you have a good take, if you have a good, you know, response to one of our takes, if you make us laugh, if you make us cry, uh, if you make Casey, you know, feel a little something in his in his downstairs region, anything, whatever you do, we're gonna we're gonna pick our favorite comments every week, uh, usually on Fridays, some of our favorite comments, and we give away some gift cards for NFL memorabilia. Uh, Casey. Your 49ers, it's it's time for you to do a little victory dance. I we're gonna do just dedicate a whole episode to Casey dancing. Um, throw on some like uh throw on some like genuine, and you can just get down in here. Uh 49ers boat race the Eagles and Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, making one million dollars a year, less than a million dollars a year, living with a roommate. He's he is the favorite to win the MVP. Pretty cool, huh? It's pretty cool. Is it surprising yeah. to you? Let's start there. Uh, I, I mean, I'd be disingenuous if I said I, it wasn't surprising to me. <laughs> no, I knew uh, all I, along. I told him they should pick him. I think it's fair to say that I was among the very first people who were on board the Brock Purdy as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL train. Because I think yeah. I said that last season, first time I said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of people were on board with that. Even I didn't see him ever reaching even the front running position in the MVP race at all this season. No, nobody saw it coming. Um, although I will say everybody predicted all of the, the weapons for San Francisco would do so great. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon, Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, uh, John Jennings, everybody who's, who's super good on the team, very talented roster, Tebow Samuel, yeah. forget him. Um, with that, nobody anticipated the quarterback who is in charge of distributing the ball to these guys. Nobody figured that all those receiving yards they were going to get, we're going to equal passing yards for him. Maybe yeah. that's on the back of like, there's been a con- uh, controversy at quarterback every year for the yeah. last, I don't know well, how many years. There's someone, they're going to somehow catch footballs that nobody throws. Just, uh, I don't know. Somebody, we're going to, th- we're going to have the center throw them or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that this came down to like, it, people weren't sold that Purdy would actually hold on to this job still coming into this year. And now mm-hmm. that we've seen that, that is, that is true. He's going to hold on to this job. If he's healthy, uh, it would take a long time for him to lose this position now. Sure. So I think he's now like in this tier of player. I mean, say it's the people around him, say it's the scheme, say it's just the overall talent on the roster, whatever you want to say. Brock Purdy is an elite level quarterback, and there's no denying that he leads so many categories in passing. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, so so I think the people people's biggest sort of uh, criticism of Brock Purdy is that it is the scheme. It's the people around him that he's not actually that good, that skilled. So 
let's go back to a comp that we make a lot and we made maybe three, four weeks ago on the pod. And we both were kind of on one side of it. The other side of the opposite side of the Purdy side is Kirk cousins. Uh, if Kirk cousins, if the, if the situations were flip-flopped, Kirk cousins is in Brock's situation, Brock's in Kirk cousins situation, who actually looks better there or who, who looks better where. Uh, and of course we were the recency bias. We were coming off of a Vikings win over the 49ers, a little bit of an upset, and we both kind of landed on, you know what, maybe Kirk Cousins looks a little bit better with the Niners and, and Purdy doesn't look quite so good with the Vikings. Um, even if that's true, that doesn't take away from the fact that he's an MVP candidate. Uh, but where do you sit now? You've seen a few more weeks of Purdy. Are you, I mean, is this something that you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of, it's kind of a moving target and now I've got him back up above Cousins. Of course, Cousins hasn't really played that since then. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Cousins, it's kind of irrelevant, right? Because we can't judge what Cousins will be the next time we see him. It's going to be sure. yep. following an Achilles injury, uh, which is about as tough as a thing. Historically, it, Sands Aaron Rodgers situation is historically yeah, yeah. one of the toughest things to come back Aaron from. Wa- Aaron, Rodger, Aaron Rodgers just throws Hiawaska at it, rubs it, rubs it all over. Hiawaska, like, just rubs it on the Achilles, and then... Uh, does some kind of meditation with his legs up in the air on his head. And then it magically heals Achilles. Nobody else can do that though. He's the only person. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I mean, crazy stuff that he's doing, but this is not about him. So Kirk cousins being the the comp to Purdy. I, I, I think I land where I did before. If Kirk cousins were magically healthy and on the 49ers, he'd be in the MVP race. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but give Purdy the benefit of the doubt that it's his second year in the he's league. He's younger. He he's costs a way less. Prospect. He's way better deal. He's way better, way better prospect. Um, I think it's the same argument, but I think I'm just presenting it from the other side this time, where there is no situation where I'd rather have Kirk Cousins, really. I mean, it'd be like a very win now kind of thing, right? Because it's like he's expensive. I don't know if you could even afford him and keep all the team that you have. You know? Well, you couldn't. You definitely couldn't. But I don't even know oh, no. that if, even if we could have him. Just so it's a hard no then. I don't even know that I would. I mean, Purdy's looking so good. Yeah. It's tough to beat the 49ers as they are. Why would you want to mess with anything? So, no, I, w- I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, like what? Maybe you get a slight upgrade if you go to Cousins, but why? Like, I don't think you need a slight upgrade, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it won't happen. So. He's yeah, yeah, he's not, uh, but, but also, you know, yeah. So uh, this was an interesting experience that I had this week and my dad was in town and, uh, we're walking, watching this Niners Eagles game. And I was like, yeah, Brock Purdy makes less than a million bucks a year. He's still living with a roommate. Uh, these are the kind of fun social media things to throw out there about him. Of course. And my dad, I wonder if this is, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe give place to the casual take here, but like, my dad was like, I wouldn't risk my body, risk my, like, I wouldn't do that if I was making that much. I'm like, well, I don't think they're even a lot. I mean, I think they're paying him the most they possibly can. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. When is Brock Purdy's contract up? And what are we thinking here? Like, is it going to end up being like, okay, now this guy's about to get paid and that's going to really change the DNA of the 49ers at that point? Uh, definitely. I think that Purdy is a guy who, the jury was out on coming into the season, whether he'd be the real long-term quarterback, meaning like they re-sign him into a long deal. Um, I think that is gone now. I think he's for sure the target there. Um, He has two more years on the deal, so we don't even need to like worry about that too much either. There's going to be a lot of big contracts contracts that lapse in that time. So there's going to be a budget made for Purdy. 
And uh, yeah, it's going to come relatively naturally with two more yeah. years to plan. It's it's not a big deal at all. But he'll he'll be making a million dollars next year, and then one point one the year after. So yeah. he's going to get over that. that get over that million hump. hump. Get get over that million yeah. hump. You know, that's the hardest one. That's the hardest one to get over. I hear you know once once you're making a million a year, then then it's not so hard after that. Before um, we we kind of wrap and move on to the next section here, just looking yeah, at yeah. the MVP race uh, because this is kind of what we we were talking start, about in this start section. of the season. I think Pat Mahomes odds on favorite, correct? Uh sure, sounds yeah. good to me. Sounds I don't right, know for sure. But I think yeah. so. That sounds fair and accurate. Um, yeah. Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are the two guys kind of at the top of the heap. Uh, Jalen Hurts is in there too. It's a three man race basically, yeah. uh, especially if you're only looking at quarterbacks. Uh, of course, if you open it up to other positions, there's Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey involved. Odds-wise, those guys are further down even than some other quarterbacks. But I think they're in the discussion nonetheless because uh, I think there's a real cliff after those three first quarterbacks. So it's either one of those three quarterbacks or one of those two other guys. feel pretty good that the Niners have two of them. But here are the odds real quick. Depending, on, uh, This fluctuates a little bit depending on the book you're looking at. But Purdy's anywhere from plus 250 to plus 350 odds. Uh, that is collectively the best. Prescott is anywhere from plus three hundred to plus three fifty, so not far behind. He's tied with him on a bunch of a bunch of them, but Purdy edges him out on a few. Uh, Jalen Hurts would come in at anywhere from three twenty five to th- to four hundred. Actually, uh, the front runners by quite a bit. Pat Mahomes, even on the most favorable book, he's at six plus six hundred odds, and it ranges all the way up to plus nine hundred. So that's that's a pretty steep drop off the, to there. Yeah, I mean, probably, uh, yeah. Go, yeah, probably some people we should address here. Honestly, are uh, probably Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen seem like the most notable. Like, where are they in this race at this point in the season? You would expect that they would be there. Uh, they, ironically, two teams that are one of these two teams is going to get a win this week because they're going to play each other. Uh, but Chiefs incredibly disappointing over the last like what four games or something like that. They lost the Packers, dude. They, I mean, now given the Packers have now won two in a row, like that they shouldn't have won. They beat the lions and the chiefs. So now I don't know what to do with the Packers, uh, but the chiefs are on a skid. Is this a Niners like skid where, I don't know. It's just some weird blip and we're going to figure it out and it's going to be fine. Or are we like just kind of seeing the, the symptoms of a, Hey, you can't be a one dimensional offensive team. No, I think so. I think I tend to think that on these perennial teams that have success every year, it's it's just a matter of time before they they kind of figure it out. And it's it's honestly this part of the season, also the same as with the Niners. It's not a bad time to have a few bad matchups, yeah. you know, a few bad games because you, you want to go into the playoffs with a head of steam. And there's still a few weeks to do that, even if they drop a game here and there. Yeah. Uh, you really want to have a nice little winning streak worked up by the time you go into those playoffs. Though. All right. Well, let's talk about the Niners. Uh, yeah, we were already it. talking about Brock Purdy. Let's talk about the Niners at large here. Um, the media going all over the place on these guys. My first question before we get into the Eagles plan for stopping the Niners, uh, they got, they, they were unconventional with it. I will give them that. We'll give them that. They, they tried some weird stuff. Uh, but before we get into to the, how the Eagles tried to do it, how the Eagles tried to get weird with it with the Niners, uh, I I want to get the insight from you on like what was that three game skit like what, what what happened there because as a fan does that worry you to say like oh we can just do this sometimes like what is this or was it like oh no I can kind of explain that away uh, yeah I mean let's just start there 
The Niners have maybe the most talented roster in the NFL. Not not a lot of right. people like hard argue against that. Like they're in contention. Um, a lot of people would say the quarterback isn't the most talented. I think if you remove quarterback position, all the other positions considered, all the other position groups, yeah. there's no holes in the roster. We talked about it briefly before this, and you were you were asking me what might be their weakness, and I said the really that's kind of the strength of this team is there's literally no glaring weakness. Right. Um, but but with that kind of roster, there's a lot of superstars, right? And that's another thing people wouldn't argue. Lots of star power on this roster. What's it like when you lose some of those stars, though? Most teams don't have this many. So if we lose one or two, we just look the same as most teams, right? It's more complicated than that because that three-game skid, it coincides perfectly with two guys missing three games. Trent Williams um, and Debo Samuel, right? Exactly. Yeah. And a guy like Debo, he just showed out in this last game. I don't know if you saw He had a hat yeah. trick himself. Yeah. Uh, he did really good. Really. Yeah, he he housed guy. one when he didn't even need to. House one to house the dagger touchdown uh on their last possession that's the kind of that's the kind of animal Debo is I mean I I was I was in a live chat during that game and I I was just chatting like Debo touchdowns just look different like he gets into the end zone in a different way I mean just a a simple tunnel screen yet somehow yeah there he is yeah and I mean even like the contact that he's going to maintain through the goal line starts at like the six yard line and you're like nobody Mm. falls forward like that and takes three steps forwards except for maybe like CMC who's on the same team which is scary um but anyway I mean without Debo and Trent Williams who really makes the whole O-line go and a lot of the blocking schemes work without them they're really a different team I think Trent Williams probably impacts it even more than Debo because you can get some other skill positions guys you know working and going Ayuk, Kittle, CMC but without Trent Williams, it's a pretty different team. Uh, less time for Purdy, less opportunities in the run game. So it really matters that we keep him healthy in particular. I would say that's one of the keys to success going into the playoffs is Trent Williams has to be healthy. We're not really – we're still contenders without him, but we're not nearly the like powerhouse well, number yeah. one obvious team. I guess I guess that's maybe a concern to me You know, uh, for you, for you as a fan, is yeah. – we're not talking about CMC was out. You know what I mean? We're not even talking about Brock Purdy was out. We're talking about Debo, who's, he's, I mean, we're, I, look, you just said two guys who are really good. I'm not trying to like downplay who Trent Williams is or who, uh, or, or who Debo is. But most teams, like at the end of the day, it's like we're going to have injuries. If we can avoid injuries to like our two or three guys who make the offense or defense run, right? So, as long as we still have Bosa and Warner, as long as we still have CMC and Purdy, like we can weather whatever other injuries. And it seems like maybe the Niners, that would be the one Achilles heel they can't, is that it's like there's a lot more guys that can really make them a lot worse if they get injured. That, uh, and maybe that's true. not true of all teams, but I think that's kind of how the NFL's built these days. I think there's, there's still only two guys where it really derails the whole plan. Though there's yeah. a lot of guys who affect it quite a bit. I mean, we already lost one for the year in Talano Hufunga, probably mm-hmm. the best, one of the top two guys in our defensive secondary. Big playmaker, a lot of turnovers accounted for by him yeah. on the defense. Uh, so we still look fine without a guy like that. Um, although he'd make us look better. I think it really is Trent Williams and Brock Purdy are the two, and they're kind of the unsung heroes, you know. Mm-hmm. O line, I mean, by anybody who pays attention to O line, Trent Williams is kind of regarded as the best offensive lineman in recent memory um and with the the way the game has changed and all the new rules a lot of people say he's the best o-lineman there ever was he's just a physical freak and he's a master of technique and he's been doing it for like 15 years so like 
yeah. who does all that stuff. Uh, and we saw last year the importance of the quarterback being healthy for the 49ers. Uh, right. Not yeah. not just anybody can do it how we thought when Brock Purdy came in. Like, oh, at the last pick of the draft can do it. Anyone can do it. We saw for sure Josh Johnson can't do it. Nope. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys not be able to do it. Brock yeah. Purdy is important. Trent Williams is the other one. Those are the two guys you can't have uh, on on the injury report, I think. Okay. And they had one on the injury report. All right. So you're feeling okay. You're feeling okay about the skid. All right. So the the, the Eagles tried something a little bit weird. Uh, I did not actually see this. I was watching the whole game, but I did not actually see this. Uh, there was an incident. Looks like Dre Greenlaw kind of had a hit toward the sideline and got into it with the Eagles head of security. They had a little kerfuffle or a jerfuffle. I think you put in my notes here. Um, a little jerfuffle between these two guys. What what happened here? Explain this to me because I didn't. I I missed this. I must have been you know going to the bathroom or something like that. Yeah. So uh, I'll try my best here. So basically, there was a tackle on the uh, like near the sideline on just a routine play. Can't remember if it was a pass or a run. That's irrelevant. We'll just kind of play it through here, and we can say. Yeah, so if you're on so, video, we got a little background video, but we'll talk it through as well. So for context, um, Devonte Smith here. Uh, number six for the Eagles the receiver. Um, what you need to know is earlier in the game, the Eagles converted a third and 19, I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. when Devontae Smith caught just a little nothing pass and and uh, broke a tackle or two when a play looked over and, and he converted a first down, right? So in this play, something similar was going on where I don't have the whole play here. I uh, couldn't find a great copy of the whole play. But Fred Warner, I think, is the one involved. And they're kind of like wrapping him up, but he's not going down. Dre Greenlaw shows up with the ball right here. And this is where we pick up here. Dre Greenlaw comes in and really puts the definitive like, no, you're going down. And that happens. He pulls him out of bounds. This was all inbounds. This wasn't out of bounds hit or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. He did get flagged for like the suplex, which is deemed unnecessary roughness, which, man, I mean, you and I were wrestlers back in the day. I guess you can qualify this as a suplex based on how he's got him wrapped up here. But the way he pulls him to the side there, that's, that's very really safe. not. Yeah. I mean, it's it's super weird that this is flagged, in my opinion, anyway. But OK, so he wasn't I, going down, you know, exactly. And it mattered earlier in the game. But, you know, context hardly ever matters to the refs. Right. So right. anyway, uh, this guy here, this is the other guy in the story. This guy's name is Big Dom. Uh, I don't know. Big if Dom. His last name doesn't matter, really. But, Philly uh, Dom. He is the head of security for the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you're not familiar, it's not normal that they'd be right here. What? Right yeah. What to... is he doing so close to the field? First of all. Well, so in during the actual broadcast and in a lot of the first takes after this, they were talking about him like, oh, Dre Greenlaw getting in the face of this like Philadelphia Eagles coach. Because, yeah, he looks like a coach, right? He's got the earpiece yeah. in. Coaches have those. He's got the earpiece in connected to different people, though. He's talking to other yeah. security guards and stuff like it has nothing to do with it. He's right on the sideline. His feet right now, by the way, are on the white stripe. So, yeah, he has in my mind, there's a lot of lot of debate going on right now about this particular thing. Is the white line part of the field or not? Did he come onto the field to meet Gray, Dre Greenlaw, or did Dre go off of the field to go talk to go his shit him. to this court? And do you think that matters? First, I don't really think it matters, but I do think that if this guy came onto the field, it's more egregious. Like it's even more wrong. Yeah. Um, so you'll you'll see here. We got to go slow, but you'll see kind of the initial thing. So this, I believe, is his hand already. Right. He comes in. He's here to break this up. By the way, head of security. Um, 
pertains to like fans and, and like other things outside of the game, Not head of security player. never is involved. With I have players, never seen like, a player, a uh, head of security come break up a fight between players that right. player players get into scuffles a lot. Right. And players do and coaches do. Right. And we yeah. kind of let that slide anybody outside of that and refs, but anybody outside of that, we don't usually give them the opportunity to. So I'm actually going to drop this into slower speed because I keep just wanting it to go slower. Um, all right, so you can see his hand here, and it doesn't look like a lot, but Devontae Smith is over here. He's already kind of pushed out of the way, right? And right. he's still got his arm on Dre Greenlaw here, and he's pushing him. He's looking at him, and I think you could hear what he says, if I'm not mistaken, on the broadcast. You can see he says something to him. He says it's bullshit, what you were doing. He says bullshit. I think he thinks it's a late hit, right? right. Uh, it's bullshit to do that. I don't think anybody in lifetime that, that that suplex. Sure. Maybe you can say it was a penalty, but like, it's hardly worth like anything escalating over that. I would say it's hardly uh, an illegal hit if it is. And he's pushing him in and he's saying this bullshit, uh, pushing him off of him. Uh, and Dre Greenlaw already at this point, the hand's coming out and people are calling this a punch to the face. This is why he got ejected. He punched the guy in the face. First of all, uh. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but Dre Greenlaw is uh, an incredible athlete. And I don't know one athlete that I've ever met in my life who would even dream of throwing a punch like this, this hand upwards like uh, this. I mean, this isn't yeah. a, a real punch that's thrown. Also, it's kind of like, it's like, he's just kind of like getting in his face, trying to be annoying. Like, yeah, get out of here. Kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely not. If you want to see that again, he does make contact with his face, not excusing it, but like, I wouldn't call it a punch to the face mm -hmm. uh, just by like the motion. This guy put his hands on him first. I, I, you can say it wasn't like forceful, but he shouldn't have been anywhere near the play. Uh, that's like unprecedented that anybody else would get involved. So yeah. I think Trey Greenlaw, oh, here is the, how you can see, he was wrapped up. He wasn't going down. He's still fighting for yards. He's gained probably two more yards since the initial contact happened. And Trey just takes him out of bounds, right? Mm -hmm. I Personally, I don't see anything wrong with this play. Uh, I don't like that somebody who's not a player or a coach or a ref touching the player and... I don't even care that Dre kind of does something, you know, to the guy's face, honestly. He should never have been there. And they both get ejected. And I think that's the scariest part of the whole thing is that if you can have a non-player, non-coach, just non-essential staffer yeah, uh, getting pro, uh, all pro linebackers or any player for that matter ejected from the game, what's to stop any team from just lining their sideline with a bunch of professional shit talkers who are technically a part of the team uh, yeah. just so they can have clearance to the, and, and just getting players ejected. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. What do you think, John? Now that you kind of know the situation. Well, this is how you stop the Niners. Apparently this is how you be, this is how you make the San Francisco 49ers lose. Uh, not really. Cause they didn't lose, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like, I think that's kind of a, from a, from a logic argument standpoint, it's a snowball argument to say like, Oh yeah, this is uh this is a play. This is a playbook now. Um, and if teams started doing it, there would probably be some level of corrective action of you can only have so many coaches on the sideline or only so many personnel people on the sideline or something like that. So I don't think it would get to that extreme. Uh, I will react to just this individual scenario and say, I, it seems like a soft reason to throw either of them out, honestly. Yeah. Um, other than the security dude was just in a weird place, in my opinion, like, Maybe head of heads of security are always that close to the field, but like he kind of seemed like he was just being a fan at this point. You know what I mean? I think and, that's that's exactly how I would phrase it, and I think that's what's the most concerning is like the coaches, the players, the refs—they all do this dance every week, 
they know what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. Once you get somebody mixed in who, sure, I'm, I'm sure he's paid by the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, He's not a part of this structure. We're bringing in a whole other group of people who he is acting like a fan here. I mean, he I, is. When you know what I think? One guy off of your guy and you're talking crap to him, like you're acting like a fan. You're, you're reacting yeah, yeah, based yeah. off the way the game is going. Do you know what I what think Dre did? did? I don't think he did. But I think he did like a little bang, bang thing. Like that uh, is what he was doing. Yeah. He was yeah. doing a little like you're done kind of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like bang. Yeah. Get out. Um, yeah. That was it. Yeah. No, I like I, he was just kind of showing him like, you know, whatever. I could take you out or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a weird gesture to be. It uh, was weird. It was I'll, weird. I'll it's that. weird that he got it. I wish he would have just not done it, you know, uh, and and because. Yeah, I get it. Touch the dude's face. It gets real hard to draw lines. You know what I mean? Yep. What's the difference between a face punch and a face touch? Where is that line? You know, it's easiest to just draw it out. If you touched his face with your hand, that's not then you then that was like an assault type of action or a aggressive type of action. So I wish you would have just not done it because I can kind of see the reason. But if you're defending yourself, right? It. I think any amount of touching even legally speaking, yeah. you have a, a right to like return well, the touch. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how the like NFL ejections usually work, but usually if you're defending yourself in the NBA and you do something like that, you're both just going to get thrown out, you know? Right. Um, but usually it's not some guy who has nothing to do with the game yeah. either. If it was two players, sure. sometimes, how, sometimes, sometimes they run up into the stands, Casey. <laughs> sure. But I'm not trying to bring it just to the slippery slope argument. Right. Right. But it does change things considering this guy isn't, I mean, if this was just a full blown fan, like, how yeah. would how would this go? Like it would. Be... I don't think either of them should have got tossed. Honestly, it seems like stupid. And I'm. I, I think. I think I we could it. still be having the commentary about like why the heck was that security guard there? I guess we wouldn't be having the commentary if nobody got thrown out. But uh, I, I guess I just don't know how normal is it for security guards to be that close to the field. I've never seen them try and break up a fight before, but maybe they usually are that close to the. Field. I have no idea, man. Like it, to me, it reads like he was just being more of a fan. If anything, he seems like he was the one doing weird stuff there. Uh, I I tend to not think that it's gonna snowball into you know people just hiring personnel to like professional shit talk and and uh, I I don't really think that's gonna happen. But I like it is a weird precedent that they both got thrown out. Like that's a strange precedent to set, and it's actually just strange that Greenlaw got thrown out. Period. It's strange that both of them got thrown out. It's even stranger that Dre got thrown out. And it's even stranger that, like, if you think about it, this is what you could do, you know? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm with you on all of it. I think it's a it's a it's a fun argument, you know, that that could happen. But I, I don't know that I think it will, you know? Yeah, I, I just I don't like it at all. Um, yeah. So whether or not it's a it's setting a, a scary precedent. I don't like yeah. it, and I think they handled it wrong for sure. Uh, for again, sure. If, it was, if he's not a part of the official, like the regular group of people who do these kinds of things, if it was just some random fan out of the stands, Dre Greenlaw is not getting punished at all for what he did, right? Yeah. I mean, you get like fans who go streaking or something on the field, and like sometimes players go as far as to like lay a hard tackle on them to try to be like, don't do this. And yeah. those guys get like cheered for doing that. So yeah. again, it, he's in this weird, it feels like a guy's way overstepping his bounds. You can't hear a guy, uh, NFL like commentator or anybody in sports media give a take on this without saying like, he's a really upstanding guy in the Philadelphia organization. He's been a part of the organization since 1999. Like, I mean, this is just over and over again. They're saying the same thing. They're already just 
just leveling the landscape to say like, hey, we're not going to do anything about this. And hopefully right. it doesn't happen again. So we don't ever have to do anything about it because we don't want to like we don't want to have to punish this guy. You know, we like him. He's, he's an oh, NFL I, guy. You can be that there. You can bet there's some internal stuff about, you know, security guards, personnel. Where where can security guards be personnel? uh interacting with players and stuff like that you can bet that there's some internal stuff going around the teams in the in the league like that they're just trying to you know do that laundry in private instead of in public probably maybe i don't know i saw a lot of high fives got given to this guy and a lot of like fun joking around about it too so it's kind of a i don't know kind of a little bit of a mess that they well, made the, 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 the reaction in the, the reaction in the moment is different than like the recourse that happens at least in my experience in athletics it's like uh you get you have all of these internal meetings about like don't do this or do do this or don't like here's a situation that happened and this is why we have this rule now and you have a bunch of like little stupid internal rules that are you know you don't air them out but internally you know hey you're not supposed to do that um and i don't know if this might already be kind of across one of those but uh maybe maybe not maybe it's a, it's kind of unprecedented because i've never seen a security dude interact with a player that's that's a first i'm glad i got to see something for the first time if nothing else um yeah, do you have anything strange. else to say about it or do you want to switch gears to talk about the nfc uh let's talk about the nfc here i have the uh the playoff hunt as it were uh left side is the afc so we won't look at that i was trying Screw so hard the to find afc yeah, I was trying to find a way to format this so that we didn't even have to see that part, but I could not uh, with the time given. So we're just looking at the right side here. The NFC um, number one spot right now is obviously the Eagles. They're 10 and two Niners just beat them, but they're only at nine and three, uh, followed by the Lions in the third seed with nine and three as well. Cowboys also at nine and three down here at the five seed, even though you can't see that. Uh, or they're not next in the order. I'm sorry. Uh, it's because they're in the wild card spot. Obviously, the Falcons right now are winning yeah. the terrible NFC South, so they get that freaking NFC South, man. Yeah, it's really. I would. Really I honestly team. wish. Tell me what you think about this rule. I'm gonna get a little crazy with it. You know, maybe don't maybe don't reject it right away, but I'm gonna get a little crazy. It. With it. The low, whichever team wins the division like that that is up for like there's some way that we make that up for grabs for another wild card spot if they if we deem them awful you know what i mean like, like if, they, if you win, if you win the nfc south but you suck and somebody else from a different division actually just deserves a wild card more like that's a judgment thing we'd have to actually come up with the criteria but i would love to see that i would love to see the falcons like not make it and we just get an extra wild card spot now the nfc does kind of fall off here i don't know who knows what the packers are going to do man but uh yeah I, I don't know i would love that rule yeah i mean maybe it could be something like the uh like if they're under 500 or something but the, yeah, uh, okay. i don't really believe i mean there's much of a chance that that'll ever happen uh, personally um, they're trying to get more teams into the playoffs. It seems like rather than, you know, make it harder for certain teams to get yeah. in. And they, they want representation across all the, the different geographical locations, obviously, because sure. even though like, you know, Bucks fans hate the Falcons, let's say, right. Division rivals. We still want I mean, to go representation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you NFC want the closest South. team to be like the Cowboys. I mean, that's, that's pretty far off for a team from like the Southeast. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. I get how it is, how it is. And honestly, kind of just, it I, you know, I'm probably CBA just feeling like that because I'm looking at this right now and thinking the Vikings are going to fall out of this. Um, And they might, they might not. Um, So let's look at the, let's look at the wild card race before we kind of work our way back up at the top here. So yeah. 
obviously there's teams at six and six who are not in right now. Yeah. I think that the Seahawks and the Rams, Seahawks I mean, the NFC it. West is, is pretty good. Uh, they're kind of cannibalizing themselves in the division, but I do think the Seahawks will emerge here. The Packers seem well. like a flash in the pan to me. Really? I don't think that they can continue to beat teams like the Chiefs. I didn't watch that game, though, uh, to be totally uh, transparent. I watched some of it, and it, I mean, they just look they look like they're coming together a little bit, and they did last week, too. Like, they're just kind of trying to, they're starting to figure it out a little bit. It could be the case. Um, it, it, I don't like, know what their be. rest of their schedule looks like, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, that's kind of what we're looking at now. It's getting harder and harder for these other teams. I mean, I guess the, these teams are technically in the hunt, but anybody with four wins Dude, right now, I'm calling out. Let, let me come back to the Packers really quick because the rest yeah. of their schedule, they got the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers the next three weeks, and then the Vikings and the Bears. It's a very winnable schedule. Like, yeah. So I think the Vikings could fall out and the Packers could be in and the Seahawks could be in as well. I don't know what the Seahawks schedule looks like, but. Uh, Packers have a very winnable schedule from here on out. I don't know the Seahawks full schedule, but I do know they have to go back and play the Niners again once this coming week. No, this coming week. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that is happening. And I mean, anything could happen, but I anticipate the Niners. Seahawks have a tough schedule. They got the, the, the Niners and then they have the Eagles and then it's, then it's Titans, Steelers, Cardinals, but tough couple weeks coming for them if they yeah, can't I, I, get a good enough record to get in with those teams then they probably don't these, deserve to be in but i think they can pull out some wins for sure based there. on schedule i do think the seahawks will get in i think of all these teams i think the packers have the most winnable schedule and i could see them actually winning enough to get in the vikings still have to play the lions twice uh and they yeah they might they might have the toughest schedule left them and the seahawks have the toughest schedule left but the vikings are just banged up we'll see what happens with justin jefferson back you know is justin jefferson yeah what he is with josh dobbs we'll see we'll uh, see uh the saints lost Derek carr i'd say their playoff hopes are pretty much shattered now i think Carr's you don't you out. don't think you don't think big game is Jameis can take him to the promised land that's not what i'd bet on for sure i've been on the bucks for a while now i still think i mean they're only one game out from winning their division they're not <laughs> every, gonna get a wild every week every every week you ride with them and every yeah. week they've been disappointing you well, the Falcons are this 500 team. They're like my litmus yeah. test for what a good team is, and I think they're not that. I think they're not a bad team. They're right in the middle, and they play boring football. The Bucks at their best are much better, much more yeah. exciting football. At their worst, they, they kind of fuck it up, though. Uh, so, yeah, the Bucks <laughs> I think, will get in because they'll win their division. But then we get into these teams that are 500 and above right now. I guess you can add the Falcons into that. I'd say the Falcons and Rams are the ones sitting on the outside, so I guess yeah. I do see the Packers making it in, maybe. Um, Packers, Seahawks. Oh no, I guess yeah. I guess it's the yeah, Vikings could fall out because of the Seahawks. Maybe it comes down more to like the Vikings and Seahawks uh than I thought it did because I agree with you. The Packers have a pretty nice schedule, but they yeah. could definitely lose some some games anyway. Yeah, so they, looking, they, I mean they're they're capable of losing on that winnable schedule for sure. It, they've definitely had some embarrassing losses. So, I don't yeah. know if they're fully there yet. It's young uh, you know, young quarterback especially Never they're far from country. anything yeah. guaranteed. Looking at the top, right, let's here, go though, back. Let's go back to the top because your Niners might grab the one seed. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, looking at the one seed, there's four contenders really. And then that's about it. Right. Because we're sitting at teams with six wins and then it jumps all the way up to teams with nine wins. So not a lot of middle ground here. There are four teams. The Eagles at 10 and two Niners at nine and three Lions at nine and three and the Cowboys at nine and three. Um, I don't know what the, the rest of their schedules are so eagles do play the do to, eagles do play yeah. the cowboys this week eagles get the giants twice the cardinals and the seahawks uh yeah so the eagles they have a pretty winnable schedule they could lose to the cowboys probably the seahawks in there 
Yeah. Uh, but they're they're probably not going to have more than four losses on the season. So the Niners would have to win out, I think. Well, yeah, only um, traps on the Niners schedule. Only traps on the Niners schedule. I mean, the Seahawks can be kind of trappy for the Niners. Uh, but other than that, it's like the can- Cardinals, Commanders, Rams. Only real trap is the Ravens. Uh, that could be that could maybe be a problem. So really yeah. winnable for them at the top. The schedules are winnable, man. So here's <laughs> the other key thing. So let's say that it plays out like this, like the Ravens. Let's just say they do beat the Niners, right? Which I, we don't know, but let's say they do. Yeah. Let's say the Eagles do drop those two games to the Cowboys and let's say the Seahawks just for six. So the Niners have beat the Eagles and the yeah. Cowboys in the matchups they played. So they own the tiebreaker. So they yeah. would be the one uh, when it comes to a tiebreaker, the Lions. I don't know who's played who. I don't know what the tiebreaker would come the, out. If the Lions are tied for the lead. I don't know how it shakes out. But the the Cowboys the, are sitting in a good spot. the Cowboys have the toughest schedule left. They've got the Eagles, then the Bills, then the Dolphins, then the uh, Lions, and then the Commanders is their last game. So they've got they've got a tough schedule to play out. Yeah, not the easiest. They're uh, they're going to be in though. They'll be in easy. They're in. I don't think they'll grab the no one where. seed with that schedule. I think it's going to be the Eagles or Niners. And honestly, if I'm looking at it, I do think the Eagles can win out on their schedule. Cowboys are the only real trap there. Um, because you got Seahawks, Giants, Giants, Cardinals. I think if they win this Cowboys game, they're probably going to grab the one seed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would just say that the Niners beating the Eagles as bad as they did here. It shows how human they are. It shows oh, yeah. a way that you can beat them. And the Seahawks, again, being in the same division, I think they could pose that same threat. They can run a pretty similar style, a lot, a lot of similar types of personnel, you know, honestly. Yeah, Walmart um, version. Walmart versions, though. Strengths in different areas. You know, we don't have <laughs> a, a wide receiver. Our wide receiver one is Brandon Ayuk, who's incredible. But he's not DK Metcalf in stature. So yeah. a little bit different there. But personnel-wise, we have a lot of value at the same positions. You know, Geno Smith also not breaking the bank at quarterback exactly, you know. Right. Uh, that's why he has a lot of skill position help. Yeah, I still think I'd call it Walmart. I mean, DK Metcalf is good, but sure. other than that, I think I'm I'd not call gonna, it mostly yeah. Walmart versions of the of the Niners. I, uh but yeah, I mean it, it uh, maybe the Seahawks, but I I I'm certainly not gonna pick them unless something changes between now and then. Um if you want the Niners to grab the one seed, then you're probably a Cowboys fan this week. Uh, unfortunately yeah, you, you you are technically yes yeah, you uh you might uh or maybe you're just like nope never i don't care we'll win from the two seed yeah we could <laughs> i mean so just a reminder to everybody as we're wrapping this up uh the seeding does matter one seed gets a buy they're the only team that gets a buy each one seed by the way in each conference yeah. again we're just talking nfc uh so as it says the eagles and the dolphins would both receive uh buys the first week of the playoffs the Niners would be playing the bottom seed. So right now that would look like the Niners versus Packers, but that could adjust to just about anything, you know, including the, the Vikings, the Packers, the Seahawks could squeeze in there, the Bucks. Like I guess it wouldn't be probably the Bucks or the, the Falcons because they get the four seed automatically. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably like the Vikings, the Packers, the Rams, the Seahawks. End of list, honestly, as far as who is <laughs> likely to be the, uh, the number twos matchup. The, yeah. the seven seed and six seed as well. It's going to be some of those teams as well. So the Niners, they're going to play one of those four teams, probably just about whatever happens. I mean, I sure hope they don't fall. Then I don't see how they could fall past the three seed. I mean, hopefully that's not yeah. a homer take, but yeah, it's, just uh, feels like the math is tough to work out. N- knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, I agree. No, I mean, look, honestly, I think in any, and my, my outlook on any of it, uh, the buy is helpful because you have, 
one less week of wrist injury. Aside from that, the best team can win from any seed. Like if you're good, you can win from any seed. And this is maybe just my basketball coming in. Like the best teams don't even care. They're just like, whatever. I'll we'll take whatever seed we're going to get through. doesn't matter who even, we face. Even easy, easier in football than basketball. You don't have to win a whole series, right? Any given Sunday. Right. Just one game. Well, that's the pod. You can win gift cards by commenting on this video. Tell us what takes you liked, what takes you didn't like. What do you think is going to happen? How do you think the NFC is going to shake out? Do you think people could actually, you know, like start just bulking up their security and uh, and just like hiring some professional shit talkers? Hire some comedians. They could hire some comedians, just come out there, talk shit to football players and uh, uh, get them ejected. Tell us what you think in the comments, make us laugh, do something like that. Also, if you want to, there's a, there's a private community who watches us record this show live on playback that is linked up and we give the playback people gift cards as well. So the playback people get entered to win their own, you know, like gift cards and memorabilia, NFL swag, stuff like that. So, uh, whatever we're giving away. So playback folks are about to get in on that. Uh, if you're not a playback person, you're watching this on YouTube, or if you listen to this on audio, uh, go hit it up, hit up the link in the description.